I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. Hello again. Hi. Hey. It's Papa Steve. It's like a nice chanting name. Steve. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Steve. Yes. In your profession as a police officer and especially as a homicide detective, you had to deliver news to families about the loss of their loved one. Right? Yes. I guess I just want to know your perspective on that and how it affected your own grief journey, sort of being on the other side of having to receive notice or receive communication that, you know, something was happening to your loved one. Yes, I think it did affect um, me, but maybe not like the way you're thinking. The way it affected me was it made me a better deliverer of that bad news. Mm. I understood, like, there's a few episodes back where you guys talked about people who stay, who say stupid shit. Mm-hmm. So whenever that news had to be delivered, I had, you know, I thought about that. Yeah. Okay, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> and also learned that when you have to deliver bad news to a family, don't beat around the bush. Mm. Thank you. You know, it's not helpful yeah. because, you know, um, years ago, law enforcement would train to say, you know, go in the house, you know, ask them to sit down, gather people around, you know, and, and draw it out kind of thing. That's since changed, I mm. think. And they're doing better, I think, as a just as an industry, law enforcement is doing better. Yeah. But, but me personally, I would just knock on the door and, you know, someone opened the door and I asked him, hey, are you, you know, are you the mother of such and such? Yes, I am. Then I'd introduce myself and I'd say, you know, I'm sorry to tell you, but I'm here to deliver bad news. Your son has died. Mm-hmm. What I found uh, that works, it's most effective because that allows the person hearing the news to ask the questions that they want to ask Mm. instead of me telling them everything I want to tell them. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, because why wouldn't you say as a homicide detective, so-and-so has been killed versus your son or your daughter, whoever it was, has died. Yeah. I I think that. Is that because of the investigation that sort of happens? It's still like an alleged crime? No. Um, (laughs) <laughs> no, I watch too much true okay. crime, so. No. This is me personally. Uh-huh. I think telling a person that their loved one has died is a bit more sensitive than mm. saying they've been killed. Yeah. Killed, you know. Yeah. It insinuates violence and somebody was doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. It's a good point. If I say they died, what always happens without fail you get the follow-up question from the family member, what happened? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then that gives me the opportunity to say, well, there was a shooting, you know. Yeah. There was an argument. There was a fight. Someone pulled out a knife. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And your loved one was stabbed or your son was stabbed. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. 
And for most families, for most people, they don't, when delivering news of, like, from a murder perspective, they don't really need a whole lot of details. Mm. They'll just ask what happened, where were they, mm-hmm. when did it happen, how did it happen. But, like, if we go back to, you know, us, our family dealing mm-hmm. with, with the baby, I know, Carm, you were... Like you hear one word from a doctor and you Google it and you research it and you want all the details on it. Yeah. Well, in the the criminal world or in the, you know, when someone's loved one gets killed, they don't really necessarily right away need to know all that information mm. or, or even ask about it. And I don't know if that's because they just can't think of all the questions. I think that's, or, yeah. that's it. But, yeah. But, you know, it's tough. It is hard because I've had to sit there and watch family members cry and yeah and lose it for sometimes you know and here's the thing the other part is i want to get back to the case i want to yeah. get back and start investigating it yeah and to me 30 minutes i'm you know you lost time there's a show called 48 hours for a reason yeah, exactly <laughs> but you know but i know that's very very important to these yeah. families yeah extremely important so oh, you yeah. just kind of have to try to keep everything in its perspective and yeah that's all part of it can I add something? Sure. When you hear something like that, your family members died. Nothing you hear. It's almost right. like you don't hear anything afterwards because I, I know I get to the point where it's like it's not tunnel vision, but like tunnel hearing. And I hear you sort of black out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So whatever he would have said afterwards, I want to heard it at yeah. that moment. Yeah. Because even with the baby, it was like, is this really happening? Is, you know, and it's, it's, it's I just lost unbelievable. Time. Yeah. So you, you're not really absorbing mm-hmm. what's being said. You heard it, yes. but you're still trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. Yes. Like, right. and just, the way he does it, where he just gives it to you, you're not, he's not sitting there trying to explain all the circumstances beforehand. And you're already with this anxiety going, yeah, going, yeah, yeah, when yeah. is he going to get to the point? When is he going to, what, what happened? Right. Is she, is, are they in the hospital or are they, what? Yeah. 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 I've been in hospitals kind of along the same line where we have a, a victim of a crime, whether it's a shooting or stabbing or. And the person's in surgery and I'm in the hospital with the family. It's all in the, you know, waiting room, waiting to hear what happened in surgery. If the person, if their, their mm-hmm. family member survived. And I've seen it both ways. You'd have a doctor who come out and start explaining everything they did. You know, they were in surgery mm-hmm. for four hours mm-hmm. and this doctor's explaining and they're given, you know, technical terms. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting here thinking this doctor is just trying to prove how smart he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and then at the end he goes, yeah. And so he didn't make it. And I'm like, why would you go through, why would you take that family through all that? Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen doctors who came in, you know, come into the family room and say, Hey, I'm sorry to tell you we did everything we Mm -hmm. could, but your loved one didn't make it. Yeah. And then you you say the same thing either way, right? Like (laughs) it's just how it's delivered. Yeah. You give it more like build up. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I try to learn from, from those life experiences and learn that when you, you know, have to uh, make a a death notification that try to consider the the family member and what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you expect them to be, 
sad and but um yeah i don't think it compares no that's kind of what you're no i just wanted i my question is more along the lines of just like reflecting on being the deliverer versus the receiver if that if you what your thoughts were about that yeah it's completely different yeah and it's kind of weird because like whenever i did have to make a death notification or or deal with a a murder i didn't think about the baby because the people I'm dealing with are nowhere near in the same right. world as, sure. a, as a baby. Yeah. So it, it didn't impact me that way. Mm-hmm. The only time I would think about the baby is when the crime involved someone around her age. Mm. Oh, I don't even want to ask about that either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. So I appreciate that. I thought about that question afterwards and I was like, I really love to hear your perspective on that part of it because you've had to be on the the notification side versus the receiving side and what sort of your thoughts were through that. But anyway, so wow. Last week was a lot heavy. A lot of new things for you, mom, or did you know all that stuff already? No, I didn't. I knew some stuff. I I just didn't understand the depth of it. Mm. What's it like to hear it? Well, makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> it's very emotional. I see how emotional it is for him. So it, yeah. if I can love him anymore. <laughs> <gasps> Heart he's symbols. Because yes. <laughs> he's able to share it. I'm I so glad I'm going to leave right after this. <laughs> Because y'all might need a moment. You see the hearts popping up uh-huh. all around my all head. The emojis. All the emojis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'd like to continue this story with you, Steve, because this grief journey is a journey. And so it sounds like grief had started, you know, with guilt and everything through the cancer journey. And then, you know, we get into her passing. So we ended last week with her passing. So... You know, we had shared how traumatic that was for us immediately thereafter to sort of go, you know, this is my life. This person is no longer here. Do you recall that time for you at all? And what was that like? Because that reality came true, right? What we had thought wasn't going to happen, hoped wasn't going to happen actually came true. Yeah. So when I thought about it, I think we we talked about how I had prepared for the worst, Mm -hmm. hope for the best. And I feel like I did that early on, earlier than most. But I'm now hearing that I wasn't the only one yeah. that did that. Yeah. So. Actually, when, I'm going to interrupt you really yeah. quickly. Would you say you were prepared? You prepare for the worst, but were you really prepared? No. 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 Okay. You, you can't. You can't prepare for this. Yeah. You just have to accept it. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you can't go and and do something drastic. Yeah. You know to yourself because you just kind of have to just keep moving. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so, yeah, no, I no. I was telling myself, prepare for the worst. Yeah. But I think the, the only thing that that did for me was it, it allowed me to appreciate mm-hmm. her more while she was here. Yeah. You started earlier than I, most of us did, I, I it seems like. I, I yeah. tried to. I tried to just like, when I heard her laughing, mm-hmm. I tried to just grab onto that Mm -hmm. so yeah once she passed and i saw jessica holding her and i swear we we were in this this hospital room and i i remember 
it's like a picture in my mind. Jessica's on the bed, laying on the bed, and it's kind of tilted up, maybe mm-hmm. like at a 45-degree mm-hmm. angle, and Jessica's holding the baby, and the baby's asleep. Mm-hmm. I can say that. Mm-hmm. I just knew, okay, well, in my mind what was happening was I knew that this day was coming. Mm-hmm. But as I looked at her, it seemed like it was dark in the room, mm-hmm. except for her. Mm-hmm. Except for Jess and the baby. Mm-hmm. There was light around them. I do remember that light. But for me, I think, I just knew that was that day was coming. We're getting there. So it didn't impact me emotionally on a, just like on a, a level of sadness. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, this is something that, you know, that was... I knew it was going to happen, mm-hmm. and, and I tried to really just, I can't think of a better word other than enjoy what I was seeing, the light around those two. Mm-hmm. Where it really impacted me was once we got home, like the days after, there's, she's not here. Yeah. There's no more yelling at her. Brother, (laughs) there's no more laughing. Yeah. There's no more pitter-patter up and down the steps. Mm -hmm. There's no more mom yelling at her to do this, do that, finish your food. None of that. It's gone. And for me, I just remember thinking, this house is not the same. Mm -hmm. And it never will be. Mm -hmm. Did you have to deal with mom, too, through it? Oh, <laughs> yes. So I think I, I don't know if I told you on air or, or not, but she cries, I cry. <laughs> so there's a lot of crying in this room, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, there's too many nights that I would wake up from her crying mm. and couldn't fix it. How are you coping with it? I think I just try to continue to be the person checking the locks on the doors, making sure that the cameras are all working, trying to figure out, like, what my role is now. It's different, and I don't think I have the the luxury of, you know, losing my shit, for lack of a better term. Mm. Why would you say that? If I did... Who's going to do my job? Hmm. Don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you? How are you getting support? Because that's a a lot. You have this. We talked about this with Joe. We've talked about this with Angelina. There's this weight that you feel in your role, right? So Angelina shared that because she's the oldest sibling that Mm -hmm. she has this weight to carry for. And the oldest of the grandkids, too, to take care of the siblings and the youngsters sounds like as parents, you carry this role in general, take care of and protect your family. So you have this weight uh, to bear now of still trying to hold the family together. How are you finding support through that? Or are you, are you just sort of chugging along? Sort of chugging along. I think that like, it's not unbearable Mm. because it's something that I'm supposed to do. Mm. And how can I put this? <laughs> I would be less of a man if I tried to have someone 
like, hey, you carry this weight for a little bit. Mm, exactly how I want more men's perspective on this, because that has to be just like, was that just the way you were raised? Or do you think that was sort of historically the expectation we have of men? Or why do you feel such like responsibility? I can only, yeah, I, historically, I don't know. I don't know if somehow I was raised like that. And I can't point to any any area. I just feel like just living life and growing up as a boy to becoming a man and trying to learn how to be the best man I can when when you're given a task, when you're given a job and you know, we talked about roles a little bit. I know I know what my role is. And it's like, okay, your role is to carry this backpack. Mm -hmm. I can't complain that my backpack has five bricks in it and I think that Carmen's has three, so maybe she can carry one and we can do it equally. <laughs> no. I have five, She's laughing. Right? <laughs> I have five bricks in my backpack and I got to carry have eight. them. If I have three, I'm going to give it to them. Yeah, I might get two more. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and you don't complain about that. And you don't, you know, just you don't even ask for help. Hey, you know, you don't stop and say, I need help with carrying the backpack. You know, mm. it's like, shut up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get up, get your ass up, put on a backpack and keep going. You don't have the luxury of just, you know, seeking help. Yeah, that's carry a good, your backpack. That's a good analogy for grief because he can't carry my grief as much as he would want to. And I can't carry his either. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. However, I want you to know that you don't have to carry that alone. Well, let me ask you this. Would you be willing to speak to a professional about this backpack you carry? No. No. Why? I don't need to. See. I'm, but why do you think you don't need to? And I'm not suggesting you need to. I'm just more curious your position it. on on it. Totally understand. Let's just keep on with the the backpack analogy. Love it. So I walk into the therapist's office. Okay. Right. Pre-COVID? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I got this backpack on mm -hmm. and I remove it and I set it down, you know, next to the sofa. Mm -hmm. And I lay on the sofa and I start telling this therapist all the problems that I have about carrying this backpack. Mm -hmm. And the therapist at some point, you know, at the end of the session, you know, after all of the tell me more about that, the end of the session, he says, thank you, you know. Let's reschedule you for another visit. And I say, great. And I get up and I pick up my backpack and I put it back on and I walk out the door. Mm -hmm. It still has five. It still has five bricks mm -hmm. in it. What That's has what he done? Is, yeah. What has the therapist done? They could potentially remove a brick for you. You can leave that brick no, in that office. I don't think that they can. Okay. Because those bricks represent something. Sure. Right. Sure. And if, if they represent like if they take a brick out, I'm not going back to the same house that I left in. What that if means something? Those are those, look, I'm not carrying this weight and complaining about it. No, I, I would only think that your brick may go from being five pounds to three pounds. It's the same brick, but the weight of that brick might change. Or 
the impact of the weight on your back might change. You might be able to use the brick differently because it has changed as well. I'm only offering I'm only offering that because I I hope that you know that you can get support if you ever need it and it's not like it's not a negative thing to put that weight with a therapist or somebody that could support you. So if you're open to it ever, I want you to know that you are supported through it and it might change things for you so you don't feel so heavy because I don't want I don't want you to feel all this heavy. And I appreciate that. <laughs> and but I think that there's a stigma around men and mental is. health. Yes. So Okay, let's talk about me. Okay. Sure. <laughs> all right. That's where all, um, that's where we're I here. <laughs> right. I don't I don't want to the last thing that I would ever do is tell a guy who could benefit from therapy to not go. Yeah. I would never tell somebody, you know, man up. <laughs> yeah. Put on your back backpack and get, you know, yeah, get down the for road. For sure. No, if that's but I'm just saying for me, I would much rather talk to my wife mm. because that's my therapy. Mm. She cares about me. Sure. The therapist who's sitting in the sofa looking at a clipboard saying, tell me more about that. Maybe a great person or maybe a great guy, but can never love me the way my wife does. Mm. So I, I don't see this weight of my backpack as being anything that he can help me with. Okay. Um, I also think the weight of my backpack is kind of carried with honor. Yeah, oh, okay. This is, this is my backpack. Okay. It Got may it. be, it may be heavy. Mm-hmm. It's too heavy for my wife to carry, but that's why I'm carrying it. Mm. I get it. And I understand. I say all that and I understand that, look, I can't make, I can't take any kind of medication to make you feel better. Right? right. So what I'm saying when I say that is that I could never tell somebody here, this is what you need. Yeah. I have to do what's right for me. What feels right for me. Exactly. And, and, Look, if I was doing stuff like driving on the wrong side of the road on the freeway or something, uh-huh. then maybe, you know, maybe it's time for a therapist. <laughs> but I don't think all I'm doing is carrying my backpack. Yeah. And so I would say to others, while I appreciate the offer, I would be offended for someone to tell me that I need to go see a therapist. Mm. And I know you didn't, you didn't say that. No, I know you didn't say that. No, um, I'm more curious as to why you wouldn't be interested in going. Yeah, Cause I just don't need it. I don't feel like I need it. And okay. I recognize if I did feel like I need, I needed it. I, I would, I would go. But, okay. And your, your indication of needing it would be something like unsafe or dry, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Doing, doing, putting someone else, someone's uh, safety in, in jeopardy. Yeah. Or your own. Yeah. My own or someone else's. Definitely. Yes. Okay. That's a common uh, theme, I think, for men, though. I think that's common for that. Did, so I'm going to put a plug in for, does it help to be here talking about it? Do you feel like um, this is sort of therapeutic? So, we'll find out yeah, after, so, maybe. You know, you know <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out after. I don't feel like I need to go get in the car and drive on the freeway the wrong direction. Um, <laughs> that's positive. So, that's positive. So, you know, some people may say that it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, I bet you that there's, if any therapists are out there listening, they would say, oh, hell yeah, it's therapeutic. Listen to him. You need, you need to get it out. Mm-hmm. But look, I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk about like how I 
feel and what I've just from my perspective, what we've gone through as mm-hmm. a family. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I needed to do this. I am so I told you in the beginning, I'm so honored to be able to do it. And I hope that other people benefit from my experience and our experience. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to put the label of it's it's therapy for me. And and that's not like I'm just trying to ignore reality. I just don't think it's therapeutic. I think it's me talking to my family about our situation. Yeah. Does it help to hear other people going through it? Like when you listen to the podcast, listening to other people going through it, does it help to hear that you're not the only one or similar situations have come up? Or I, Yes, I think it does. I think, right, misery loves company. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, and they say, you know, most people say that, right, misery loves company. And I think that the reason they say that is because no one wants to be alone. We're not, you know, human beings. Right. Human beings are social creatures. And, and we need to know that there are um, other people who understand us, who, who you know, can deal with us. It's, it's almost like, hey... If you look to your left and you look to your right and these same people are, you know, dealing with the same same issues that you're dealing with. And because we're on the outside of them looking in, it looks like, hey, they're dealing with it and Mm -hmm. and they are still here. So that's hope for me. And so it does help a little bit. It's it's helped. You know, this is the first time I heard Jack say that early, early on, she started to prepare. She was hoping for the best but preparing for the worst and I thought I was the only one that was Mm -hmm. there and to hear here's how that helps I've been I felt a little guilty about that like why would I early on oh yeah like you know okay negative Nancy over here yeah right Uh and then to hear you say that it it at least it helps me to the to the degree of saying Oh, I'm not an asshole. <laughs> because but that because, make me an asshole. No, 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 no. And here's why here's why it doesn't. Okay. I'm I'm not the asshole that I was carrying around thinking I was mm. because here's a person who I have so much respect and who I know where their heart is and how you know how good they are, how kind they are, how giving they are, and they also feel the way I felt. So that you have to be cold hearted to to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming from somebody who's very warm-hearted, very given, that feels the same way. <laughs> I said that, depends. That makes sense. <laughs> it, does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does. Well, I'd like to switch the subject a little bit. I'm sure it's it's nice to get away from this sort of heavy stuff. But yes. so we've talked about, you know, a ton of stuff. We've talked about relationships. We've talked about in a previous episodes, we've talked about the golden nuggets, mediums. Things around the house, stupid shit people have said, spirituality versus religion. Mm. Oh, it sounds like that one triggered. Okay. I'm, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I, <laughs> I watched Carm go through this, I don't know, evolution, this process okay. of looking for, what are they, mediums? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> That's a hot just, topic. It is a hot topic. It's funny. I, I've supported her. As a, you know, matter of fact, you know, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you need to do, I've told her how I felt about it. She knows that I think that they're a bunch of bullshit um, <laughs> liars and they capitalize on people's, you know, vulnerabilities. Vulnerabilities, yeah. for sure. Uh-huh. He got his um, tickets to Teresa, though. 
Just wait. I, I, Just told, wait. You, I told you I support you. That's what you want to do. Do it. Um, but can I tell you a story? Please. So this is this goes right along the, the lines of mediums. Okay. Right? This is way back when I was a teenager. Oh, right? I'm so, excited. Yes. So I'm a teenager, right? And I think, much like I do today, that I'm the best looking person walking hey. around. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hot, and all the girls want me, and I'm just a little flirt. I'm a teenager, right? Okay. I flirt with every girl who walks by. Okay. Right? That's just what I did. So I see this girl. Don't hate the play, I hate the game. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I go up to her, and I go, Susie, how? That's the, that's the word that I called her, Susie. That was the name I used. <laughs> Susie, how are you? Right. And she looks at me like, you know, kind of like, do I know you? And I go, it's me, Steve. Don't you remember? That's his she game. looks at me. She goes, how'd you know my name was Susie? <gasps> I don't know. I didn't know this, this girl from. I go, because we went to school together. Now. I went to a school in Long Beach. Okay. <laughs> right, Long Beach has several high schools. Sure. And so, not that this is racial, I just played on on the odds, right? Okay. So Long Beach has a school that is predominantly black, and then they have okay. a school that's predominantly white, and Susie was a white girl. So <laughs> I just picked... A white girl you, name. I, I picked a white girl name, and I picked a white school. I go, yeah. I go, we went to school together, Millican High School. She goes, yeah, I went to Millican, and I... Right. Okay. And so, so I'm hitting it. Boom. <laughs> Susie went to Milliken, but He's... I'm playing the odds. Okay. How have you been? Uh-huh. And then it's like, where's your friend? Um, what's your name? And she goes, like, Elizabeth? Yes, yes! how's Elizabeth doing? <laughs> That's your medium. You that is your schemer, medium. Scammer. Yes. <laughs> Today I look at that and that's all I hear. My name's not Susie, by the way. <laughs> So it didn't keep going, you whatever what you, happened. Right? No. That was the last I saw of Susie. I never saw her again. <laughs> walked away. and But but you get, like... I get, that, I get it. That kind of laid a foundation sure. for me with mediums. Yeah. Now, the weird part is that how does mediums play into, like, spirituality mm-hmm. and relationships? Because they delve into that world, right? Right. I believe in God. <laughs> I somewhat of a Christian, okay. not, not a, you know, going to church practicing, every Sunday, okay. Christian, <laughs> okay. but I try to live by Christian values okay. and Christian morals. Sure. But, but with that, you know, I also believe in ghosts and I believe in, you know, all the things that we talk about and how we talk about. Yeah. You know, we see the baby and, and all these different signs, but I think that mediums should probably be outlawed. <laughs> That's his belief, and that's okay because I'm. To be honest with you, he's a he's got a logical mind, and that just sure. makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I because I what get we're it. dealing, yeah, I get it. I'm super skeptical still. Like we've gone to these mediums, we've had all these experiences with different mediums, you know, well known, lesser known, but I'm still skeptical. But some I'm not them, entirely convinced yet. Go ahead, mom. Sorry. Some of the mediums actually are like, gosh, I forgot. I think they're called evidential, evidential mediums and they give you evidence facts so my husband gave the example of guessing this little girl's name was Susie, Susie. and 
the <laughs> school that was mostly Caucasian. Caucasian that she probably went to that school, so she he guessed that too, and I understand that. But the fact of the matter is that we get some of these mediums that give details. Like for me, the one that stands out more than anything is the fact that she told me that I was going to meet up with a person that I hadn't seen in a really long time, gave me the first name and I hadn't seen this lady in 20 years. And out of the blue, that person with that name called me and we went out for coffee. And I know that she said, you're going to go out for coffee. So I already knew when she called. Or you were like, got, let's yeah, go oh, to well, coffee. I guess we're going to go get coffee. <laughs> um, so I already knew that. But, yeah. but how did they guess that name? Yeah. That wasn't like, there's just no way that they could have done that. And also the fact like my mom having a broken nail in the coffin and yeah. we fixed it. How do you guess that? I know, because that was really specific. It's uh-huh. the it's the more specific things, like the generalizations. I think yes. is still what leaves me with a ton of skepticism. Right, like this Steve story. You know, like you can sort of make some deductive reasoning right. or decisions behind mm-hmm. that, but when they nail something like a nail, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it it sort of blows your mind, and you start to go, well, maybe this person is legitimate, or right. are they a stalker, or are they on my social media? Right. And it's nothing that I posted. There's yeah, none, that nothing like thing. that that I posted. Yeah. Nothing about the nail, nothing about, um, well, I wouldn't have even have known because I didn't know this lady was going to call me. That's true. I, it was a long, long time. I totally even forgot about her, period. <laughs> period. Uh-huh. But once I, con- when she contacted me, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I didn't even think about the reading until afterwards. I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I've been hurting me so long. How are the kids? And just trying to catch up before because she was going to she's from uh, Singapore, uh, Singapore. So she was going to come visit because of a wedding or something in the United States. So Mm. I thought, oh, my gosh, that 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 was amazing to me. Now, she could have got the name wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. But she got exactly that name. I know. It's really trippy. Yeah. So how do you explain that, Steve? <laughs> Her name wasn't Susie. <laughs> no, I know. I probably should say that I am not trying to poo-poo on mediums. <laughs> so if there's any mediums that are hearing this, I'm not trying to say that you all are snakes, oil salespersons. Um, I am just trying to say that I, Steve, personally... I'm not there yet. Now, to kind of get to your question, uh-huh. how do you explain that? I give you, hun, I give you, Jack, I give you, both of you, uh-huh. the rest of the world. I admit that there are some things that I just have to go, wow, that is kind of trippy. That yeah. is kind of amazing. <laughs> I can't explain that. Right, right. But that still doesn't push me over the edge to yeah, say. I'm, I'm right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what? Mediums, you know, I saw a documentary a long time about mediums or mind readers or whatever, and they talked about how they do these big shows and everybody, everyone lines up outside the, mm-hmm. the event, mm-hmm. you know, outside the building for waiting for an hour or so. And they're like, they could let them in early, but the reason they don't is they have their little, little moles and plants that are going through the crowd and... And listening to people talk. So I've heard that too. And when we went to go see Teresa, none of that happened. 
That's what we were. I had. That you saw. I had read that. exactly. No, no. Because <laughs> I remember no, I was lining up in the casino and people were talking about their loved ones in line. Um, I want to see this person, or I want to talk to this person. Uh-huh. I want to hear from this person. So they're same, there. Same thing with like magicians, right? You'd see the magician go, ah, let me get somebody from the crowd. Uh-huh. And they look around and they go, you, sir, you in the brown sweater, because that's. They're that's working his, with them, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and yeah. so it's kind of like, yeah, and that's all part of, that's good. I mean, people, you know, need to hear that and feel that so and I totally, see that, but I just, totally understand I'm not that. there. I'm yeah, not there. Yeah. I think I was looking for it because Teresa is the first one that we went to, so I was trying to look because I had heard Teresa that before. Teresa Caputo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what's interesting and to sort of debunk what Steve's saying a little bit is how do you... She walks around the room, right? So how do you remember where this person or know where this person is sitting? Because it was uh, most of it was like general seating. So she walks around the room and does her reading around the room. And how do you like it was very transitional. It was very smooth going from one to another. So for me, it was like, how do you pick that person out of the crowd? Know where they are with hundreds of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but thousands of people in a room to remember where they are. What if they're sitting in the back corner? Right. Like, how do you and none of the people she read were like far away. They were close to the edge where she was. So Uh (laughs) I actually thought that she was giving us our details and we said nothing. Yeah. Because we we didn't talk about it. Yeah. And we didn't do any of that. We didn't give that information. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But she was giving details that were for the baby. It really was. It was kind of like. No, that's us. That's who she's looking for is us. She didn't pick us. As soon as, like, I realized that it was for us, I raised my hand and I was pretty violently trying to get her attention. But Mm -hmm. she was ignoring me because she was moving on to the next, like, section of the room to end Mm -hmm. the show. But I remember You weren't the only one, though. I know. You saw everybody. Yeah. 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 Everybody gets up to... Yeah. So that's that's hard. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, anyway... But I don't know. How do you... How do you find these people that are, quote-unquote, moles in that big of a crowd? Steve. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I so (laughs) I'm putting on my detective cap. Okay. Okay. Once they identify someone that they are, they've heard information about. They just follow that person. You don't know they're following you. Yeah. They just keep track of them. (sighs) To me, listen. I (laughs) I probably shouldn't say these. No, say it. Because I I know it's it sounds like that I'm trying to I'm not trying to. You know, discourage anyone from no, no, no. I, but it's it's no different than pulling a quarter out of someone's ear. Oh, you know, a quarter <laughs> doesn't come out of people's ear. You know that what they don't. You, know, you can't saw people in half and then put them back together. I think it's just all the same thing. Okay, good to know. That's just how I I feel. And but if you want to go see the magic show, would you go? Nah, I wouldn't. No, waste, <laughs> I wouldn't waste my time. <laughs> what if? What if? But you know that I totally support you. <laughs> no. I'll pay for, like I'll I, pay I for your hotel room I know, and everything. I know, I know. But I'm I'm more interested to see, like, if somebody changes, you know, like, there's convinced. Because Teresa Copiero is always like, I'm not here to convince you otherwise. I'm just right. here to deliver mm-hmm. a message, right? So what if that happened and then he was totally changed? I would look forward to that. You <laughs> Right, you see people all the time. That well, because you're a reserved person too. Your story's not really like out there, right? Versus us, we're on social media. We have our story. We have this podcast. So somebody at this point, a medium coming to us and telling 
us about the baby, I would be like, you you heard that on the podcast, right? Or right. You, heard, you saw me on social media versus mm-hmm. you. That may not be true. So I would be more interested to seeing like you get out there. <laughs> well, you know, I guess here's what would what I would need to to change or be convinced. Here's where I get confused on these mediums. They they walk up to you and they go, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting someone whose name starts with an A, A, you know, Mm -hmm. my my mom's name starts with A, right? And you're not impressing me by coming up with that because I know somebody whose name starts with A. I probably know someone whose name starts with every letter in alphabet. Right. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So. But what if it was like a female energy? Okay. A so motherly goes, energy uh, starts with an A. Would you get a little bit like? No. Everybody's <laughs> got a mother and everybody's got a father and maybe. Yeah, and so yeah, no, that would no. <laughs> like if she said, "Hey, your mom's talking to me. Her name's Annie, and she has an accent, and she's this and that, and she starts describing my mom." Uh-huh. Then I would say, "Okay, whoa, <laughs> um, almost, almost like the example that you guys just used a second ago, like." How do you explain those details? Yeah. How do, how yeah, do yeah. you know, you know, a broken nail? And yeah. Okay. That's different. I can't explain that. But yeah. I, but there's not enough of that. Yeah. To overcome my. For skeptic. sure. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> One of these days, Steve, we're going to drag you to something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I, I just. For me, I think it's not right. <laughs> I don't think it's right. People are they're taking, taking you're not advantage alone. of people yeah, vulnerable. You're not alone. Well, that's at a true. Vulnerable and, time yeah. in life. And really, when you lose a child, when you lose somebody that's really close to you, that's why you seek mediumship. So even when somebody comes up, they already know why you're there. It isn't normally because you know your life is good and nobody's gone. It's because you lost somebody. You're in, your in life. some pain. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay if it gives you some comfort. If they give you good messages, it's okay. I totally agree with you, hon. Yeah. Yeah. If they're telling you to get your life savings out and start handing them money so they can make your wishes come true or give you more information, then yeah, run. Going to their show is giving you your life savings. No, it's not life savings. (laughs) (laughs) It's not life savings. Pretty damn expensive to go uh-huh. to their shows. I'm telling you. Yeah. The more famous ones, of course. Yeah. All right. So you've listened to most of the episodes. Yes. Has anything we've said, like, connected to you, like, that's resonated with you in your grief journey? Is there um, anything that stands out? Yes. You had a conversation where you guys were talking about when the baby passed away. And your thought was, hey, we can't let her cross over her alone that stands out to me because i remember that conversation um i remember you and i having that conversation hun yes and i was like when you came to me and mentioned it to me i was kind of angry i got angry about that well i've, I've been angry from from the beginning <gasps> by the way yeah. yay i mean no <laughs> I've, been, I've been you're one pretty, of us pretty angry <laughs> From the beginning, my own reasons, some of which we already talked about, but that made me angry because I felt like, wait a minute, I I get it, mm-hmm. I understand your mm-hmm. your pain, but if that if you were to do that, both of you, because I know both of you were talking about, like if you were to do something so drastic like that, where's that leave the rest of us mm-hmm. who's still here? Mm-hmm. 
And and it just made me like feel like not that you matter less, but that the rest of us don't matter at all. Mm, I and get that. My husband said that to me too. I had that so, conversation with him. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad you guys didn't even approach attempting to do anything. It was more just, I think, venting. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind hearing venting. But when you start venting in that way, I just yeah. start to get really, you know, just it, it impacts me more than anything else. Yeah. So that that's one thing that stood out. I mean, there's a lot of episodes, so I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of of uh, yeah, some of the things I heard. It was really pretty funny. And you guys' discussion about people who, stay, who say stupid shit was really, really good. <laughs> um and then you're stop talking. And that was along that same conversation, right? That's, I like that phrase, stop talking. <laughs> I don't like it when you tell me stop talking. Because <laughs> I've heard it, Jack, whether I you know, know or not. I know. <laughs> you need to just stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> but Just um, stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, I think, during this journey, that impacted me. That stood out for me. Another thing that, that stood out during our journey was um, when the baby was still here and she was losing her hair for the first time. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that. And you all were thinking about cutting your hair. And people who have only just listened to this podcast and only hear the voices but haven't seen photos of you. and You all have long, beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I, I think the baby also realized that and recognized it. So I'll, I'll share with you what was my, my thought when I, when we were going through this. And you came to me, right? Remember, and you said, hey, I'm going to cut my hair. And, of course, I have to support you. <laughs> right? I wasn't just going to cut it. I was going to bold it. No, I was right. going to shave that's, it. Yeah. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think, Jack, you were talking about it. And, yeah, for and sure. you guys... And so I'll just talk about when you came to me and you said, I'm going to shave my head bald because the baby's bald so we can show her support. And honestly, I didn't want that to happen. I was, you know, not agreeing with that. But that's not my my call. And if you would have done it, I would have totally supported you. And then you came to me and said, well, we talked to the baby and she said, no, (laughs) don't do that. And she said something to the effect of, I don't want you to change. (laughs) Right. Mm-hmm. I want it, if you cut your hair, then you'll be different. And when you told me that, I thought, see, she is the smartest person in the house. <laughs> oh, good. <God. laughs> but when you think about it, I mean, this little baby, what was she at that time? Five, six years old? No, five, maybe five. five? When her hair was falling out? The first yeah, time. Four. Yeah. four or okay. five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really, really young. And, you know, I just thought if she would have felt better out of Shave my head bald. That's Here's a joke. Steve. Know, Steve. Already, You're already yeah. bald and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but I just thought, you it know. just might have needed tips from you on how right, to do it. <laughs> right. Like, like how insightful she was. Oh, to, yeah. To think that and say that and, and really just grasp that. No, you don't, you don't need to do that to yeah. make me okay. Yeah. Crazy. She was yeah. wise beyond her she was, little four-year-old yeah. self. Because she would say some shit that yeah, would check you real fast. Yes. Like, what mm-hmm. the hell? Just like, you know. Idiot. The, the, well, one thing that just blows me away is 
her statement that's at the beginning of your podcast. Oh, yeah. It's going to rain mm-hmm. and then it's going to stop. Mm-hmm. Wow. Definitely. And this was pre, yeah. pre-diagnosis, pre-life. Yeah. yeah, she was... Yeah. She For, gave us the answer. Uh-huh. She Definitely. gave us the title of the book. She gave us <laughs> hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Hope. It's going to stop. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot about golden nuggets. Do you have any golden nuggets, Steve? How do you stay connected? I I just try to remember what what I keep on the top of my brain is the times that I spent with her mm-hmm. when I did have the opportunity. <laughs> um, I remember one time, you probably, I'm sure you heard about this, Jack, where she goes, I think I was at work or something, honey, and you said, hey, when you get home, baby's going to want to make up your face. She's oh. practicing on doing makeup. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, my blush, I think, did not go well with my skin tone. <laughs> but the rainbow on my forehead was really, really cool. <laughs> Do you have a picture of that? Yeah, yes. I gotta uh, find it. Yeah. So hopefully we can post it. <laughs> um, that was so cool for me. Yeah. Right. She thought it was that, the funniest thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is like my golden nugget. Mm-hmm. And then the time where I would come home and and have to eat these awful tasting jelly beans. Oh, and the bean boozled yeah. jelly beans. <laughs> she that loved was that. hilarious. So that if you don't so know hilarious. about bean boozled, um, oh. Jelly Belly makes uh jelly beans that are the sweet or the savory sort of flavors but then they make this line of jelly bean it's called bean boozled and it's basically tricks you into thinking that you're eating a sweet one and it's like the most god-awful flavors like one of them it's either dr pepper or it's dog food you know but they're Mm -hmm. the same color same shape same everything Mm -hmm. you just don't know what you're gonna get Mm -hmm. so she thought it was, I don't, was it after Disney World she came home with some? I don't remember when I mean, she either, found it. But, but she it was found them and thought it was funniest the funniest thing. thing to start tricking everybody. Hey, you want some jelly beans? And you throw it, you know, you like, yeah, I want some jelly beans. Of course, you start eating it. And your reactions to how awful these are made her laugh so hard. It's <laughs> funniest thing. When we would do it to Papa Steve, because... I'd be in on it. She would start laughing even before she's giving yeah. it to him. But I would tell her, "It was like a little you giggle. have to calm, calm <laughs> down, calm down." You're gonna so give it away. She was such a good actress in the beginning, but we would practice like, "How are you gonna do it?" And she'd start laughing, and then, yeah, you can't laugh because he's gonna know. He's gonna know that you're oh. trying to joke him. And so she go, she took a deep breath and just like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. I'm ready. I'm uh-huh. right. Okay, because here he comes. It was and she like, laugh and then calm down. Green grass, <laughs> yeah, cut, yeah. fresh cut grass, mm-hmm. and I think toothpaste was vomit was one, or something. Was vomit. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. my god, some of them are so bad. They are so bad. But we now now we do like we bring the tiny bags. They have them around Christmas time, and we mm-hmm. sort of give them out to everybody. Mm-hmm. And Halloween, I think. 
Is it Halloween? It's Halloween, I think. Yeah. Maybe it is. Um, but we still sort of incorporate that. And it's still so funny to see all the little kids are like, yeah, they have no idea. Yeah, I want some jelly beans. And then they start eating it. No, some of them already <laughs> so know the bag, though. They're already like, mm, yeah, no, we've tricked them enough those, times. Yeah. They're old enough to know now. But yeah, those are some fun, mm-hmm. fun times. Yeah. And then I mentioned before how when her mom would say, okay, it's, you know, time for bed and kind of take her away from me. Those were my my times it was like okay finally i'm you know i'm at the front of the line i get to spend some time with her yeah but it was so i really really tried to just for myself because we talked about already that i had already prepared myself i was you know hoping for the best expecting the worst but those were the times that i really tried to just capture them yeah and internalize them and keep them yeah for me and then I, i guess you know i have this I heard it a, a long time ago. People have different definitions or interpretations of, not interpretation, but just a different way of saying the same thing. There's a saying, I don't know if you heard it, and it says that we all, we all died two deaths. The first death is when we were buried in the ground, when mm-hmm. we stopped breathing, you know, the mm-hmm. physical death. And the second death is when... Our name is said for the last time. Mm, hmm So, you know, some people have attributed that to an old African proverb. And I think Ernest Hemingway is a writer who's who said it. But that's something that stuck with me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because as you as you think about that, it can kind of make a person immortal. It makes mm-hmm. a person last forever, right? Yeah. We're still talking about people like uh, Martin Luther King and, you know, um, Abraham Lincoln and mm-hmm. George Washington and all these other famous people, and they still live on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not until their name stopped being said that they no longer are here. Yeah. So for me, she's still here. Yeah, I like that. Although we don't say her name on the podcast. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just everywhere else. But we, everywhere else except yes. here. <laughs> yes. She's, she's going to be immortalized for us. So knowing what you know today about your grief journey, about the cancer journey, about your entire cancer journey experience. If you could go back years ago and talk to yourself before any of this happened. (laughs) Okay. What would you tell yourself? I would tell myself, don't take things so personal when... So I'm talking about you, (laughs) hon. Don't take what, what... um, my wife has said or done personal. Mm-hmm. And it, it's tough when you're going through it. Oh, yeah. It's hard not to take it personal. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't tell me something and tell me not. You're talking to me right. personally. Right. You know? <laughs> of course it's personal. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. It's not. And I would, I guess, try to explain it with an example. There's been times where she would just, you know, lay down on, in the bed and literally lay on the edge of the bed with her back to me. And during that time, this it was a tough time for us. I think we were a tough time for our relationship as well. But during that time, it's hard not to take that personal, yeah. right? Yeah. But I should have been a little bit more understanding mm. instead of getting angry about it. Mm. Instead of getting hurt about it. Mm-hmm. Because what do you do when you get angry and it's like, okay, well, you want to... You want to do that? Well, screw you, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and turn my back on her, right, you know, right. instead of 
just sliding over to her edge of the bed and putting my arm around her. Mm-hmm. You okay? Did you? <laughs> yeah. It's just that I think when you're going through so much stuff, there's nothing else. It's just you're angry and not angry at my husband. It's, I'm just angry because of the things mm-hmm. that are going on. And I can't even explain why. It was just one of those things like I'm just so mad. I think the biggest thing is feeling like God turned his back on me. So maybe it was my way of turning my back on life and everything else because it's like what the fuck is happening here this baby didn't deserve to suffer like that Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. so i don't know that anybody deserves to suffer like that but i can name a few people (laughs) that are in jail that deserve to have it but Mm -hmm. it's it's hard so yeah i i think just if i were able to go back and talk to myself there's certainly some things i would do different i think we talked about Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. before i talked about just taking a more active role yeah instead of waiting to be given a mission just to just get involved and and so yeah i I think i didn't do a really good job of of that of letting my wife know that i was here for Mm -hmm. her so if there are other granddads out there listening to your story and appreciating what you're you've shared so far if you have any advice for them what would you say i would would say that number one understand that they have a role to play and sometimes it's really difficult to to really identify the role that they're that you're supposed to play but it's it's not like you have to identify that role right away Mm mm-hmm but you should be constantly paying attention to what you're doing and who you're doing it to and who you're doing it with. And and again, be active in terms of when your other family members, when your wife, you know, your your um, daughter, your son, whoever's going through it, just you almost have to kind of step back and and look at the bigger picture. It's not easy to do, but somebody's got to do it. Somebody needs to do it. One of the things that I think is really sad is when people go through this and it destroys families. Mm -hmm. And as a man, you have to be prepared to make sure that that family doesn't get destroyed. Mm. You know, and I I think, you know, you have relationships and divorces. And I remember thinking that we were going to get a divorce. Mm. That this is going Whoa. to this is going to split yeah. us up. Yeah. And I think just from my perspective, I've never asked your mom like if she was gonna divorce me or anything. Mm-hmm. But I know that just in my mind, I thought if we get a divorce, it's gonna be her decision, not mine. Mm-hmm. No matter what, she's gonna have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime. I'm going to try to do everything I can not to let it get there. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of, it kind of turned my role. It, it just was one more thing that I had to think about yeah. and be concerned with. And yeah. Maybe I'm trying to say in a, in a long-winded way that cooler heads will prevail. Mm. But when you say that, then it seems like I would be saying that my wife's the hot head, right? The cool head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think she is, but... yeah. <laughs> I'm the hothead sometimes, too, <laughs> and the knucklehead. But I would tell other people, other grandfathers, other men, when your wife or whoever's going through something like this, you just try to be more understanding, try to be 
more patient. Try to do whatever you can to hold on. Thank you. Hold on to your family. Yeah. All right. Last question. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to share about your journey that we haven't covered? I think we covered the important stuff to me. Okay. And I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Because when we started, I said that I'm going to share some things that I've ever shared. Uh What else you got in there? I think I shared everything I'm willing to share. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. That's cool. My dad, who's passed away, he told me a long time ago. He said, you know, son, sometimes to keep the peace in the family, you just have to hold your tongue. Stop talking. (laughs) Yeah. Stop talking. Right? And we talked about me being the type A personality. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. talked about me being the person that needs to be at the forefront, need Mm -hmm. to be calling the shots and... What you know, move out of the way. I know how to do this. I can handle this. Yeah. So really, for me to just be quiet about something that I feel, <laughs> you know, I have some kind of passion about. And of course, I'm passionate about my relationship with you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm passionate about everybody in this family. And if you say something that I disagree with, I just sometimes remember, I hear my dad. Hold your tongue. Just, you know, now it's not the time. Doesn't mean it can't be discussed later. Yeah. But yeah, these grief journeys are hell of a thing. Wow. We couldn't thank you enough for being here. It has been a pleasure. It has been an honor to hear your story. And I have no doubt that this story is going to resonate and just ripple out to people. And they're going to hear you and they're going to go. I, I feel that. I felt that. I know what he's talking about, and it's going to help somebody. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart for being uh-huh. here, for sharing your story, for being vulnerable. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. And yeah, I appreciate you. I Jack, I appreciate what you're doing here because when I first heard about you're doing this podcast, I thought, wow, <laughs> that's going to be something that's going to be tough to do, but you only do this when you're thinking about other people and you putting this together, you doing this podcast is while I think you benefit from it, I think the world's going to benefit from it. Yeah. And I know we're not alone. And in, in these kinds of situations or this one, particularly for us, I felt like I'm the only one going through it sometimes. And so if it hits anybody else, you know, and impacts them and, and they don't, they themselves then don't feel alone because we've shared our story. That's mm-hmm. the ultimate goal. So, so no, thank you. I, I'm, I'm just as honored, if not more honored. It's been a pleasure, Steve. Papa Steve. Signing Papa Steve. off. Love you, honey. Love you, hun. But wait, <laughs> hang on. Hun. Just one time for the world. Papa Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Papa Steve. Oh, yeah. ew, ew, ew. Cutting you off now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you.